Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. What a joy it is to be here. I've just got back from um, South Campus. Uh, had a great time down there. It was actually the um, last Sunday that Andy and Leah Copsey are going to be down there. And uh, yeah, but um, Matt and Tracy are doing a fantastic job down there. And uh, it was just good to be with those guys. And of course, when Lauren said to be here for 9.30, what he really meant was to be there for 9.30. I don't want anyone turning up here at 9.30 next week. It's, uh, when, if you've got kids and you're checking them in, you need to be there for 9.30. And um, yeah, it's like really interesting because of course our uh, first service, they get a bit of a lie-in, but you guys, mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. You're going to be so holy next week. <laughs> next week, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm going to be, we're going to be saying, who's all those people glowing? And they say, oh, they usually go to the 11.15. And uh, so like, I'm excited for that. You are just going to have been up, you know, calling on God and just, uh, well, yeah, anyway. We're just going to believe for some of that next week. That's all going to be good. But I'm excited, man. I am so excited. And uh, we've been around some of this stuff now for quite a long time. And, uh, you know, it's like sometimes when you've been dealing with stuff for quite a long time, it can, like, lose its edge a little bit. I want you to know we are, we are amped. We are stoked. We are believing that God is really going to do something in us as a community as we uh, go uh, into uh, that time. So I'm excited about that. Now, as part of our going, I just had a sense, and these guys are all good to go. I, I really felt that it was important for us um, to go uh, out praying and praising. So we are, we are, we're going to be doing some praying at uh, Heart and Soul uh, this coming week. And uh, last week, I want to do it again because... Uh, uh, I want to say, look, I, I love you guys. I love you guys. You are part of our family. And, uh, you know, we, we would, I would want to say that the heart and soul time uh, is, is, is dealing with family business. You know, sometimes we can't, you can't do some stuff on a Sunday. You can't say some stuff on a Sunday because of all the other things that's going on. And, and those heart and soul times are really important times for us as a community. We don't have them often. And the reason for not having them often is so that every time we do them, they have a high value and that they are important. So they are important things to put in your diary. And just having a little bit of a dad moment, the truth is that potentially this service has been fairly consistently underrepresented in that environment, and I just want to encourage you to step out and understand, you know what, actually this is for me as well. This is for me and my family, and uh, we need to be part of this. We need to be on the same page as the, as the whole Heart Church family. That we understand if you've got small kids, and you know, not everybody can uh, be there as a family, and uh, we get that, but you know, maybe the household, household can be represented. You can take it in turns, uh, because we want to we make sure all of you get the information uh, that is important and necessary. So that's just a little bit of a, of a dad moment. Turn to someone near you and say, it's okay, it's okay. So 
we've, we've had ready, we've had steady, and today is go. And I wanted to uh, just kick us off by looking at a scripture in uh, Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to look at some stuff around this. I'm, as I say, I'm endeavoring to preach short today so that we can have some time to worship at the end. I feel that's important. But the Bible says this, Joshua 1, reading from verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in, here to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Amen. Amen. It's great also to see um, the overflow downstairs. Say hi to the overflow, everyone up here. Good to see you guys. We want you to feel very much part of this time as we look at Go. Now, you know, I know we've kind of looked at the whole race analogy. It's like, you know, not... It's a bit of a no-brainer when you're looking at ready, steady, go. But now we've got to go. I don't want to just look at it from the point of view as firing a starter's gun and, and we have got a sprint ahead of us. I want us to see go today as less of the beginning of a race and more of the exit from one season and the entrance into another. Essentially, that is what we have just read about. Because God was turning up to remind the people of Israel that a season change had already taken place. He wasn't there to announce that something was about to happen. He was there to announce that something had already happened 
and these people were in catch-up. And with that in mind, God said to Joshua, he stated the obvious. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, that, that was a great season. It was, it was all good, but now I am doing something new amongst you. And it was a reminder that, Joshua, you're going to have to let go before you go. You see, some of us, if, if we're going to go, we've got to let go. I can't, I can't hold on to that and go where God wants me to go. There's some things I'm going to have to release. There are some things that I'm going to have to relinquish if I am going to take hold of what God has for me. The Moses years were different to the Joshua years. God was in both. God was doing something great in both. It's just that he wasn't doing the same thing in both. The Moses years were about slavery and survival. The Moses years were about the people of God being set free from slavery. About a deliverer being raised up and leading the people of God out from slavery to a place of worship. And they were led into the wilderness where in that place, in a hostile environment, God gave them the miracle of enabling them to survive. How many of you know that sometimes to survive is the miracle? I know that some people would believe that deliverance is the miracle. God gave them the miracle of deliverance. They stepped out of slavery. God did the impossible. He caused the, this uh, despot Pharaoh to release them. It's something he never intended in his heart to do. How many of you know that God can cause somebody to help you? And they had no intention in their heart to help you, but God positioned them. God gave them a heart that, that was uh, enabled to help you, even though they had no intention. And God led them to the wilderness place. The wilderness was a waiting room. It was not the destination. It was the place that God led them to in order to prepare them for the next season. And in that place, there were some amazing things that happened to in order them to survive. Their clothes did not wear out. Manna fell from heaven every single day. Water flowed from the rock. At night, in the cold of the desert night, there was a pillar of fire to keep them warm. In the heat of the desert sun in the day, there was a pillar of cloud bringing air conditioning to them, delivered by God at no cost. And you know what? When you think of all that stuff going on, it's blessed. Man's blessed. You know what I'm saying? Man's blessed. It's like, 
It's like, what? You know, we've got all this. So God's in it, man. We don't, I don't even have to, I can, I can get out of my tent. I don't even have to walk far. And there's my breakfast and there's my lunch and, and there's my supper. And, and I, it's like, man's blessed. It's blessed, but it's not the best. How many of you know that God will keep you in a place for a season, but it's not your destination. It's a place that God is looking to move you on from. But he's got you there because for now, the miracle is survival. But it's also a place of, of, of preparation. It's a place where God is preparing you because you are, you are in a place that is not his intention for you. He wants, he, he has got a place that's flowing with milk and honey. Right now, he provides for you manna from heaven. But also milk and honey will come. It's just that there'll be a different way of going about it. So I think that brings into context the kind of people who Joshua is talking to. Because the people that Joshua is talking to are people who, whose parents were liberated from Egypt. But they themselves, these people, had only really known the wilderness. They'd only really known manna from heaven. And but for one or two, most who'd been liberated from Egypt, who was military age and above, had actually died off. And Joshua's job, job, because this is what the Joshua years were about, he was going to take this community and take them from being wanderers to warriors. And that, no matter what geographical journey they had had to take, the bigger journey was to get someone who'd been a wanderer, I'm a wanderer, I'm a wanderer, to get someone who was a wanderer and turn them into a warrior. Or probably more accurately, expose the warrior that God knew was there. Many years ago now, my uh, first grandson uh, used to love a Lion King when he was little. And there was that bit where Simba finds his roar. And, and, and even he could hardly, my grandson could hardly string uh, words together at that time. But he, he discovered his roar by watching Lion King. He, he would go around going, rah. And, um, and I felt the Lord speak to me while he was going around doing that because I said, you know what? Some people need to discover their roar. They need to rediscover their roar. I think, I think for us, part of this move is this as a community, for some of us, we're discovering our roar. For other of us, we're rediscovering it. It's something that has been there and God is awakening something in us once again. So God is helping us to rediscover some things because there are some promises that need to possess, be possessed. The Joshua years were about taking wanderers and turning them into warriors. And they were to be a generation who possessed promises. Because how many of you know that promises are meant to be possessed? I don't believe that God is calling us to walk in a place where we just talk about the possibilities of what could be and never actually experience it. That is, that, what kind of God, I'm sorry, but what kind of God would do that? That, you know, we, we, just, we just learn of the possibility of something and never actually enjoy it. That's like, that's like walking into a restaurant, looking at the menu and, and reading through it and getting an appetite for something and saying, well, thanks very much, we're all going now. 
It's like, whoa, whoa, we, all, we, all we found out was what was available, what was possible. And, and yeah, 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 that's, it's all good. It's all good. But we're, 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 we're just, and, well, to be, I'm telling you, the promise of something isn't enough to fill me up. Every one of us need to experience something. And I believe that God wants us to experience his power. He wants us to experience his, his, his breakthrough like, like, we, like we want to, but we have only believed for it and we haven't seen it. And that's exactly what's happening in this scenario. God is saying, God is making a de declaration to the children of Israel saying, hey guys, things are about to change around here. They have been like this for as long as you can remember. But now things are going to change around here. You have been used to manna being delivered to your door by divine deliveroo. Some of you will get it later. It's fine. What's he saying? What's he saying? God's saying that's going to stop. That's going to stop. You're not, you're not going to be able to just go a few steps from your tent and, and your food's waiting for you. It's going to be different now. I, 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 that, that was blessed. It's what I have done. But now it's, 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 it's something different. And actually, this is better. God was also saying that some things that didn't wear out are going to start wearing out. I don't know whether you've ever thought about it. You know, at one level, you think, wow, that's cool. Your clothes, your clothes never wore out. I mean, for decades, the clothes never wore out. And I was just thinking about that. You know, the shoes didn't wear out. The clothes didn't wear out. And I was thinking how people's points of reference were going to change, you know, because we've, we, we've seen that woman in that red dress for years, decades, in fact. And now, she, you know, now she's, she's up for a wardrobe change. You know, you, sometimes you, you recognize people, you know, like my kids, they'll look for me in the crowd. They always look for a bald head first, a bald, a, a bald white head in the crowd. That's why I like it. Until Wayne Raper came, he became very confusing after that for everyone in the, in the, in the respective families. But, but you, you look for that, you can look for that coat or that hat. You know, someone always wears that coat or someone always wears that hat. And you spot them in the crowd. Like, I believe in there must have been a season of confusion around this time. Because I've seen, I've seen that woman wear that dress for decades. Where is she? We've lost mom. She's changed her dress. Because the dress that had a grace upon it, to not wear out, suddenly wore out. Because God was saying, I'm not doing it that way anymore. And I had a sense. And you might think I'm crazy, but it was just something. I, I, I believe that God, was, God is saying that, that we're not meant to look like this anymore. That, that what has been wrapped around us for decades, God is saying, I'm doing something different. And, uh, you know, I hardly dare say it. You know what I mean? It's like, because it's like that suddenly what was, there was a grace upon something that has kept us here. It's been wrapped around us. It's been cool. It's been blessed. But God is saying, what has kept, been kept by my grace all these years is now going to start to wear out. Because you're not meant to look like this anymore. I want you to look different. I want you to look like I intend you to look going forward. Let me try and say that in a slightly different way. I was thinking about someone in the Bible who was a good example of a wardrobe change and also left things behind. 
Joseph in the Old Testament with his, even if you don't usually go to church and you don't usually, and don't even know much of the Bible, many of us uh, have heard of, about Joseph and his multicolored uh, dream coat. We, we, the story of his brothers made him go. And he had to leave behind his coat. See, I want us to understand that I think that God is trying to get us to understand something. If we are going to have to let go to go, it's an understanding that God is trying to get us to another level. So I've got to let go of that in order to take hold of that. Joseph left behind his coat because his brothers had made him go. Proving that man can take your coat, but he can't take the favor. You see, they took the coat because they believed they could take the favor. But they cannot take, they, man could only take what man put on you. You see, his father had put his coat on him. The coat wasn't the favor. The coat was representative of the favor. That's why man could take what man put on him. But the thing was, it wasn't the favor. Man could not take, man cannot take what God has put on you. If God has put favor on you, man can do what they want. They cannot steal the favor. They can take your coat, but they can't take your favor. Lies forced Joseph to go from Potiphar's service to prison. Potiphar's wife lied about him, said that he tried to come on to her and, and he hadn't at all. It was all the other way around. But lies caused Joseph to go from Potiphar's service to the prison. In so doing, he left behind his tunic, proving that they can take your reputation, but they cannot terminate God's plan. You see, God, God they can say what they want about you. They can say, they can call you names behind your back. They can call your names to your face. But you need to understand that though they, that you know, they, that there's that saying, isn't they? Oh, you know what? If you throw enough mud at the wall, some of it's bound to stick. Well, let me tell you what really sticks. What really sticks is what God says about you. What really, your reputation is not in the hands of man. Why would you try and fight for your reputation? Why would you try and get other people to know who you are? Just let God, you, you just sometimes, you know, the best thing I can do is shut up and just let God. I'm telling you, I've had many times in my life where I've had opportunity to fight, my, for, fight uh, for my reputation. Someone once said this to me. It's not a scripture, but it really helped me through a difficult season. That lies have speed, but truth has endurance. Come on, somebody. Lies have speed, but truth has endurance. And you know what? People can say what they want to say, but just give it some time. It might not be a week or two. It might actually be a year or two. It might be even a bit longer, but just hold steady because that which God has put upon you, I can tell you, they, they, they can lie about you, but they cannot terminate God's plan for your life. Destiny caused Joseph to go from prison to palace. And the Bible says he left his prison clothes behind, proving that 
I sometimes have to dress and look more like where I'm going than where I've come from. Because if I'm going to address, sorry, if I am going to embrace the next level of my life, then I've got to look a different way. Where, the way I looked was okay for there. That was the environment. In that environment, in that space, God was with me. He used me there. It was all cool. But when I come out of there, I can't any longer look like that. I've got to look like where I'm going. Because I'm about to step into an environment where I must look a different way. Turn to someone and say, you've got to change. You got to change. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Why? Why do I? Why do you know? Like some of you might think, you know, oh, you know, why does he get us to say things to each other? Why does you know? Like, is it is it to give himself time to think or whatever? No. You know, I know what preachers are like. They just need a bit of a breather. Yeah, like you need to understand. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. You got to hear some things come out of your own mouth. When you confess these things, it has an impact on you. When you confess something to somebody else, you are prophesying into their lives. And if they have hearts to receive, they will receive. So when you, when you, are, when you are confessing, speaking out uh, at those times that you're encouraged to, it's not just a, a preacher's technique. It's an opportunity to put into action what the Word is saying. Come on, somebody. So when we embrace the next level, there will be stuff that served you on the last level that God says it's time to go. It's time to go. It was blessed. It was good. It's done its job. But now you've got to let it go because I'm doing something new. Let me ask you this question. Is this in this season, what do you need to let go of? What do you need to leave behind? What pain, what regret, what unfair set of circumstances, what anger, what attitude, what blessing? What level of provision do you need to let go of and to say God is, God is going to do things on a different level? I've had this illustration. Honestly, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give it, but I just felt compelled by God to, to give it where, you know, many years ago, uh, Lynette and I were in an income bracket that meant that we were um, uh, on family credit. Family credit was like this thing where the government helped you out because you were on low income and, you know, we, we, we'd got kids and so this this um, uh, family credit, it gave you milk vouchers, it gave you free dentist and free prescription and free optician and, 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 and there were numbers of other benefits. And then there came a time where we, I, I got an increase and the increase was obviously a blessing from God. But it took me out of the income bracket that enabled all those benefits. So how many of you know we got, we got the blessing, we got the increase, but we lost all the benefits of the previous level. So what seemed like a blessing, actually we ended up with less. We had more coming in and got less for our money because, and, and there, was, there was something in us that was saying, you know what, it was better on the lower wage because we got more in that environment. And I remember Lynette saying something like that in the kitchen one day. I said, you know what, babe? It's true. 
We're definitely getting less than we were getting. But I think God is trying to get us to the next level. He's saying you've lived on that level. It's a little bit how the children of Israel must have felt like, you know what? You know what? Now we've got to make our own fires. We haven't got the pillar of fire anymore. Now we've got to fan ourselves. What? Now we've got to, now we've got to go and sow and reap and, and, and we've got to get our own food. It's like, oh my God, it was, oh, it was better before. It was, no, it wasn't better before. God, God is taking you to another level. Turn to someone and say, God's taking you to another level. The old ways have served you well, but it's time to embrace the new thing. I'm just watching the time. Next point quickly. What time? When it's time to go, not only did they leave some things behind, they took some things with them. The Bible says in Joshua that they took the Ark of the Covenant with them. As they crossed, prepared to cross the Jordan, you can go and read it yourself. They took the Ark of the Covenant uh, with them. What would the Ark of the Covenant represent? The presence of God. They took the presence of God with them. Let me tell you, we are the church, not this. We, us. And when we go, we are, we are doing what God has asked us to do. And the presence of God is going with us. One prayer one prayer I'm not going to be praying is, oh, God, go with us. Because I know that we're doing what God wants us to do. I know he's going with us. And that he wants to do it with something with us in that place. When they crossed the river, they, they had to get 12 stones. God sent them back to get 12 stones. Because God was teaching these people who would never gone through anything like this. He was getting them to understand, guys, this is a moment. Go back, go, go back. Get 12 stones from the middle of the river. You're having a moment. You don't even realize you're having a moment. You need to remember this. You know, they didn't have the, they didn't have the iPhones and, and, and the Samsungs back then taking selfies and, you know, like, they had, to, God, God, they had to take the stones from the river. Say, this is not just for you. This is for the future generations. I'm taking this moment and I am building faith into you that is going to influence the future. It doesn't make sense. Maybe some of you are sat there thinking, I don't know, all this fuss over four weeks, all this fuss over KMC. I can't believe it. We're coming back, aren't we? I don't know why we're going to all this time, all this money. It's not about getting out the room just like it wasn't about getting across the river. It was about what God was going to do in them. God wanted them, God was, God was positioning them to do something inside of them. It's not about getting out the room, it's about what God is going to do in us. Let me ask you, what are you taking with you from this experience? As you go, what are you going to take with you? And as we go, what are we going to take hold of? See, the children of Israel understood that they were, to, they were going to take hold of some territory. Now, you've got to remember, these guys, all these guys have done is wandered around in the wilderness. They've gone round and round and round on the same bit of ground. And now God was talking to them about territories that they'd never been, never seen, never even really understood they were there. Because their world had been the wilderness. Their world had been a small little place where they'd gone round and round and round. And now God was saying, you've been wanderers, but now you're going to be warriors. And you're going to rise up. And you're going to take territories that you didn't even realize were there to take. And I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help you. See, God said to them, I will be with you. 
And God has to tell us that He's going to be with us because sometimes it's not going to feel like He's with us. He said, I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Sure, that's the promise. But how many of you know that it doesn't always feel like he's with us? I know he's with me, but it doesn't feel like he's with me. And so God has to reassure me. God said, you be strong and courageous. Why did he say be strong and courageous? Because you know what? Even though I've told you I'm with you, you need to understand that even though I'm with you, you are still going to have to show strength and courage. Just because God is with us, it doesn't mean we can sit back, fold our arms and just let Him do it all. What it means is that, yes, I'm with you, but you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be courageous. You're not going to have to be fearful. You're going to have to make a decision not to be discouraged, even though there's opportunity to be discouraged. How many of you know that even when God is with you, there's opportunity to be discouraged? But God says, don't don't allow discouragement through your door. Close the door on discouragement. I am with you. And he said, keep your eyes on my word. Why did, he, why, did he, why did he say, keep your eyes on my word? He said, you know why? Because these experiences are going to expose the warrior in you. And as the warrior is exposed in you, you're going to think you can do it on your own. You're going to believe you're strong enough to do it on your own. And I'm here to tell you that you cannot do it on your own. You can do this because I am with you. I will make a way with you. And the only way you're going to know true prosperity and success is by understanding that I am your God. And I am the one who is making a way. In truth, the next step that we are taking is is much less about geographical territory. Of course, Joshua was being inspired about geographical territory and we ourselves are inspired about geographical territory. But what God was wanting them to understand is that before you can take geographical territory, there's some spiritual territory that's got to be taken in your own life. In fact, the geographical territory you take will only be representative of the spiritual territory that has been taken in your heart and life. And in closing, let me say this, because this is what I believe that God is going to do in us and for us as we go. God is going to extend the territory of our hearts. Is anyone with me in believing that God is going to break down walls? God's going to break down walls in my heart. God's going to break down walls in my heart. He's going to inject hope because God wants to do something in us. God is going to extend the territory of blessing. I believe that God wants to do something in us where the days of just enough are coming to an end and the days of more than enough are coming. We, we know the days of just enough. We know when we could just get out our tent and bend down and get our piece of banner. But God is saying, I'm, I'm taking you out of that land. I'm taking you out of the wilderness and I'm taking you to the land of more than enough. A land flowing with milk and honey. And a land where you can be generous on every occasion. He's extending the territory of our community. I want you to know I'm, I'm forever grateful every time a hand goes up in one of our meetings and says, hey, I want Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. It blesses me. All heaven rejoices. But I want to make a declaration that I believe in that God wants to extend our territory. He wants us to take us from the twos and threes saying yes to Jesus to the tens and twenties saying yes to Jesus. I want, I want to believe for a problem. I want to believe for a problem. And of course I want more. I want more. But right now, as, as, as a community that's seen the twos and threes, let's believe God for the tens and twenties and that God will extend our territory. And finally, 
but God is extending the territory of our worship. I don't know, but I just believe that God is going to do something in our community in regard to worship and praise. That as we get out of this building, we're going to realize that we're not just a singer of songs, but the warrior spirit is going to rise up in us. Because the children of Israel carried a sound. They carried a sound that took them to the foundations of Jericho and they released that sound and the wolves came down. I believe that God is going to cause our praise to go up and wolves to come down. Wolves to come down in your marriage. Wolves to come down in your family. Wolves to come down in your finances. Wolves to come down in your business. We're going to see some Jerichos tumble because of the power and the grace of God. How many of you know that God is getting ready to do a new thing in your life? God is getting ready to do a new thing in your mind. God is getting ready to do something that you've only dreamed of. It's the time to move on from promises and to be promised possessors. It's time to stop being wanderers and to stop being warriors. My God, He is doing a good thing. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go and receive the new things.